The Inning Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Hey everybody, welcome into the 8th inning stretch. Uh, welcome to our season finale. Um, a a bittersweet day for sure, Carson. To paraphrase uh, one of my one of my mom's favorite bands, Boys to Men, how do I say goodbye? Uh, what's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? Nice. Um, it is a little bit like AJ said. It is a little bit of a bittersweet day. Um, not only is it the last episode, but we now have to talk about how the Houston Astros are World Series <laughs> champions. So um, there's also that. But hey, you know mm. us. We're gonna we're gonna bring it for you guys, and we've still got a great season finale for you. And I'm really excited to get into it one more time for the season. Yes, just to be clear, this is not our last episode ever. This is just our last episode for the season. Um, Correct. Yes. Uh, in case you guys missed it, a few uh, a handful of episodes back, we talked about how we had decided to, uh, you know, we had talked and, and decided uh, to kind of take the winter off once the season was over and uh, rest and recharge and work on other projects and all that other fun stuff. Um, so we are going to talk about how the Houston Astros uh, won their first World Series championship in franchise history last night. Um, but I want to start by talking about uh, announcing our bracket challenge winners, our first ever. Uh, we did our first ever bracket challenge for the playoffs. You guys uh, filled out your brackets. Um for a chance to win some fantabulous prizes from our friends at Printer Dudes, uh, so let's just let's just start uh, uh, coming in third place and winning a five dollar Printer Dudes coupon is Liz M from North Carolina. Uh, in second place, winning a ten dollar Printer Dudes coupon is Emma S from California, and our first ever bracket challenge champion. In first place, winning a $15 printer dues coupon is Ray R uh, from the great state of Massachusetts. Um, congrats to everybody, uh, particularly to Ray, who uh, amazingly called, picked the Astros and Phillies in the World Series. The only uh, difference was that Ray picked the Phillies to win. Yeah, very um congratulations obviously to to Ray as well as to Emma and Liz because let's let's be honest here everybody if you've ever filled out a March Madness bracket even in your mm. life it is hard to win any of those and the the pure satisfaction of winning a bracket challenge AJ it's as as someone who has experienced this myself winning a March Madness bracket challenge a few years ago among some friends it is one of the best feelings that you can possibly ever describe in your life from a sports standpoint. So congratulations to our three podium winners and uh, 
a huge shout out to all of you guys for participating in the bracket challenge and uh, a huge thank you to all you guys as well. And hopefully uh, we'll get just as much participation, if not more, uh, when we do this again next season. Yeah, all of you guys really rocked it out. I was um, I was pretty blown away by the by the number of you who participated, um, and of course a huge shout out to our our good friends over at Printer Dudes uh, for hooking you guys up with uh, with some virtual cash to spend uh, on their Etsy store, which you can of course find at printerdudes.etsy.com. Um, so Liz, Emma, and Ray. Uh, hang tight. I will be getting you your exclusive coupon codes here um, shortly as soon as I get them from Printer Dudes. Um, so the playoffs, of course, are in the rearview mirror. And Carson, that means a long, long, long winter ahead of us. Um, so uh, appropriately enough, our poll question this time out was asking our fans how they're going to get their baseball fixed this winter. Um, 50% of them said that uh, based by watching baseball documentaries, uh, no love for rewatching old games and no love for playing MLB The Show, and then 50% said other uh, slash more than one. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, the answer to this is all of the above. Yeah, all very good choices. Um, Honestly, I'm not necessarily surprised by the lack of love for MLB The Show because sometimes that game can be um, extremely unrealistic. Uh, I don't know know if I've ever, AJ, in my life rage quit a game as many times as I've done in MLB The Show, and I don't know what it is about that game that brings out the inner rage monster in me, but it just is infuriating. Um... But yeah, uh, as far as for the 50% of you who are watching baseball documentaries, um, if you haven't already, I do have a recommendation for you. The 30 for 30 on the home run chase between Sosa and McGuire. Um, It is so good. It is fantastic. So 10 out of 10 would recommend that to anybody who is part of that 50% uh, in watching baseball documentaries over the winter. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, another good 30 for 30 baseball documentary is uh, the one about um, Fernando Valenzuela, Fernando Nation. That's a good one. Um, let's see. What other? Oh, uh, the day the series stopped, I think it's called, is about the, the famous earthquake game uh, during the, I think I want to say the 89 World Series between the Giants and the A's. Um. Oh, how could I forget? Uh, well, maybe not so much for Yankees fans, but my fellow Red Sox fans, four days in October, um, the 30 for 30 about the 2004 ALCS. Um, that's another solid pick. Uh, again, probably not so much if you're a Yankees fan. Um, and the quintessential baseball documentary that if you are a baseball fan should be mandatory viewing is, of course... Uh, baseball by the one and only Ken Burns, um, which you can get on the uh, on the PBS uh, streaming app. Um, it's just, I, I mean, like I said, it, it's the quintessential baseball documentary. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit lengthy. Um, it's it's ten episodes total, 
but it, I mean, Carson, it, it, it covers, you know, it literally covers baseball from, from its inception all the way through, uh, through now pretty much. Yeah. That's one that, um, if I'm being completely honest, I haven't heard of that one, but I will definitely have to go check it out. Cause that sounds oh, absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You need to. Um, and it's just, it, it's, I mean, I'm a, I'm a self-confessed, uh, documentary nerd. I mean, I love documentaries and Ken Burns is, I mean, he's, he's the best, uh, he's the best documentarian ever as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, yeah, baseball is just, it's, it's fantastic. Um, like I said, it covers, it starts with, you know, the inception of baseball and the first, you know, um, way, way back to the, you know, the first organized games, um, and, and goes all the way through, uh, the modern era goes all the way through now. Um, just, a yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's a, it's a great way to get your baseball fix, uh, during those cold, lonely, uh, cold, lonely winter days without baseball. Um, what about rewatching old games? That's, that's a favorite of mine too. It depends. I think for me on what old games we're referencing, um, but certainly as, as a twins fan, I could also have the luxury of watching, uh, you know, for example, like I have the luxury of watching two world series teams. And I also have the, the dissatisfaction of watching this past <laughs> year's team absolutely choke away the AL central. So it's, it's kind of a mixed bag, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I like, I mean, obviously I like going back and watching, uh, you know, old Red Sox games, from you know, of mostly from two thousand four, um, or rewatching the, um, the World Series, you know, uh, films, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the MLB, I think it's, I think it, I think it's Major League Baseball's actual official YouTube channel has, um, has an awesome archive of of older games um of of past games and past all-star games and even past home run derbies so um plenty there uh to keep us all busy over the winter um and then yeah playing mob the show uh carson hit the nail on the head that is one of the most rage inducing games i've ever played um it's been like that for years um carson i think that's because well, I mean, I guess it depends on what, you know, on what mode, you know, what what mode you're playing. But um, sometimes I've noticed that it can be uh, it can be infuriatingly difficult. Like all of a sudden it will just get you just, you know, if you're you just can't get a hit, you know, or or if you're pitching, you know, you just uh, your pitcher just you know, absolutely gets knocked around. Yeah. And I think another thing for me that's frustrating about the gameplay is the, the amount of times that I've hit, hit a ball and it, you know, it shows you the, the timing and everything. It's perfect yeah. timing, hit it square. And it's a pop yeah. out to center field. Like 
what? <laughs> yeah. Or like it's a it's a ground ball like down by shortstop and it's and yeah. like what? Yeah. N- no. Or the A or the AI makes a you know a ridiculous catch. Um yeah, it's it's pretty it can be can be quite rage inducing. Um not on the level of uh <laughs> I'm really gonna age myself here, but not on the level of battle toads. Uh and all of you of a certain age know exactly what I'm talking about. Um and that stupid, stupid hyper tunnel level. Yeah, you all know. Um yeah, so I mean there are there are plenty of ways to get your you know, to get your baseball fix over the winter. Um, like I said, it's we've got I think I saw earlier it's, you know, 140 something, uh, 140 something games to go, uh, 140 something days to go until uh, until opening day of 2023. So. Um, plenty of ways to get your to get your baseball fix. Well, I suppose we can only put this off for so long. Talking about the Astros winning the World Series, uh, Jordan Alvarez again comes up huge for the Astros. Uh, hits a hits a huge home run uh, to power the Astros to a Game Six win last night. Um, Carson, I will say, as much as as much as the Astros winning the World Series leaves a bad taste in my mouth, uh, I will say I gotta give a I gotta give shout out and I gotta give props to Jeremy Pena. A rookie uh, who not only won, who is, well, he would he would be a slam dunk for rookie of the year if not for Julio Rodriguez. Um, but he won a gold glove. He was the MVP of the ALCS and now MVP of the World Series. AJ, this might be a hot take here, but for me, Jeremy Pena is the rookie of the year, plain and simple. Um, Ooh, I understand what take. Julio Rodriguez. I understand that Julio Rodriguez had an amazing rookie season and all that jazz, but you cannot argue the contributions that Jeremy Pena made to this Astros team this season. I mean, World Series MVP, ALCS MVP was huge for them in the regular season as well. Like you know, this these guys go from Carlos Correa to Jeremy Pena. And everybody's expecting it to be, I, I think a lot of people were expecting me it to be kind of a harder transition than a lot of people realize. But realistically, yeah. Jeremy Pena was j- just as good, if not better, than Carlos Correa was his rookie year. Wow. Now there's a hot take. Um, no, I think, no, you're, I think you're spot on. I think that, I mean, let's be honest, Jeremy Pena had the biggest of shoes to fill. Uh, in playing, you know, moving into playing shortstop in Houston after after everything that, um, after everything that Carlos Correa, you know, accomplished in Houston, um, Jeremy Pena had huge, huge shoes to fill. Um, as far as the World Series MVP goes, I think you could have gone a couple of different directions, um. Me personally, yeah, I know. I know Jeremy Pena was a huge part of you know, uh, was a huge part of their run, um, but I think I might have gone personally. I think I might have gone Jordan Alvarez uh, 
simply for the fact that if Alvarez doesn't, I mean, Alvarez, if Alvarez doesn't hit that home run, uh, if he doesn't come up and hit that home run in uh, the first game against the Mariners, um, that series could have played out a lot differently. And we may not even be talking about the Astros even being in the World Series, if not for Alvarez. Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan Alvarez, I wouldn't be surprised if it was very close between Pena and Alvarez because his his contribution, like you said, like that walk-off home run against the Mariners, um, I mean, overall just, you know, even during the regular season, you know, Jordan Alvarez steps up to the plate. And I think, I think every single, I think every single pitcher in the MLB should have been shaken in their boots if they knew that they had to face Jordan Alvarez for an at-bat because that dude can seemingly, I could throw him a pitch that's like five feet above his head and it seems like he could just <laughs> hoist his bat up and hit it 400 feet. So, um, yeah, yeah, certainly certainly another very deserving candidate. Um, like we had talked about, I think uh, um, Christian Javier should should have yeah. certainly gotten some some love. Um, pitched really yeah. well throughout the World Series. Uh, Framber Valdez as well. Justin Verlander finally got his World Series win too. So, um, yeah. You know, congratulations to the Astros. As much as it pains me potentially to say that. Uh, um. Also, the biggest of shoutouts to uh, Trey Mancini, who was um. He was obviously uh, traded from the from the Orioles to the Astros at the trade deadline. Um, but a an even bigger shout out to him uh, because just two short years ago, uh, Trey Mancini was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. Uh, obviously, you know, didn't ever think he was going to play baseball again. Uh, he said, you know, something to the effect that that was the farthest thing from his mind. He just wanted to live. Well, not only did he kick cancer's ass Carson, but now train Mancini, a world series champion. And this is just, uh, this is just one of those really cool stories. Um, that makes you, you know, that, that reaffirms your love of baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, huge congratulations to Trey Mancini, the, the heart and soul of so many Baltimore teams that were just so awful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of, one of the genuinely good guys in baseball. Fantastic to see him win a World Series. Um, one, of, one of a few good, you know, a few, I think, uh, really cool stories coming out of this Astros Series win. Another one, which we'll, we'll cover very shortly here, but um, in Dusty Baker, but uh, yeah, huge congrats to Trey Mancini. Well deserved, and it's it's awesome to see him not only still with us, having kicked cancer's butt, and uh, by the way, cancer sucks. Um, mm-hmm. But to to see him go become a World Series champion is just so awesome, inspiring, all of the good adjectives. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was. I mean, yeah, he was basically the centerpiece of a uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of really really bad teams in Baltimore. 
Um, so it's it's always cool to see a player like that, you know, finally uh, get out of a situation like that and onto a winning team and and uh, and get a ring. Uh, yeah, Carson, you mentioned Dusty Baker. Um, Dusty Baker winning his first World Series as a manager, uh, becoming only the third uh, black manager to win the World Series. Of course, Dave Roberts and uh, Cedar Gaston, the other two. Um, the oldest manager to ever win the World Series uh, at 75 years young. And this one I didn't know. Uh, also the oldest coach slash manager in the four major professional sports to win a championship. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, a huge congratulations, obviously, to Dusty Baker, who, you know, he's... He's one of those managers, AJ, that I think if you talk about him, he's one of those guys where you you talk about he's accomplished everything there is to accomplish except yeah. winning a World Series. And um, it's absolutely incredible and awesome to see him finally get his World Series as well. Um, I mean, you know, you could go through his resume. You know, he had all those years with the San Francisco Giants then went to the Chicago Cubs, to the Cincinnati Reds, to the Washington Nationals for a couple of years, was out of managing for three years before taking over for the Astros, and now finally, finally gets his well-deserved and well-earned World Series ring. Yeah, uh, I mean, this, I mean, he's, he's, he's been through the, you know, uh, I mean, obviously he was a, you know, longtime player, um, won a World Series as a player with the Dodgers. Um, had an incredible run in San Francisco, obviously. Uh, went to the World Series in 2002. Lost in seven games to the Angels. Um, boy, does that feel like a lifetime ago. Um, talking about the Angels in the World Series. Yikes. Um, and then, and then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then went to Chicago, never quite made it to the World Series, was obviously there through the uh, the 2003 um, meltdown. Um, and then the, you know, the Reds and the Nationals, which were, you know, both kind of. But um, yeah, 25 years, uh, Dusty Baker has been managing for 25 years. He's managed 3,884 regular season games, 96 postseason games. Uh, finally gets, finally, finally gets a champion, a World Series championship as a manager. And Carson, I think no matter, no matter where you come down on the Astros, and no matter you know what you feel, how you feel about the Astros winning the World Series. Um, I mean, you, you you have to be happy for Dusty Baker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if you're not happy for Dusty Baker, you're you're not a true baseball fan. Um, you know, one of one of those guys who you know we we talked about on on the last episode. One of those guys who kind of inherited um, the the Astros' reputation, and it wasn't very well deserved. Right? Was Dusty Baker? So. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's he's yeah. one of those guys who has deserved this ring and absolutely is one of the one of the best managers, I think, of this of this era. 
um, who who had yet to win a World Series ring, and to to see him win one is just such a cool moment. I also really, uh, I also you just gotta love his uh, his reaction. Um, they asked him after the game, you know, what's next, and uh, he he was, I mean, he he basically said, you know, well, I've already I've won one, you know, so it's time to go win number two or, you know, or something like that. So just a, just a really cool, um, he's dusty Baker is definitely one of the good ones. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, when he took over the Astros, he caught a lot of flack from people, you know, Oh, why would you take over this team? And, you know, after 2017 and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, Carson, I think one thing that, I mean, obviously what happened, you know, what the Astros did in 2017 was just, you know, it was, it was disgusting and it was a disgrace to the game of baseball. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, it's right up there on the list of, uh, it's right up there on the list of the worst cheating scandals. It's right up there with the Black Sox. Um, but, I think one thing that maybe gets a little lost in the shuffle with a couple of exceptions and, and, and players are Jose Altuve being one and Alex Bregman being the other one. Um, the Astros to their credit, uh, the Astros cleaned house, AJ Hinch gone general manager, whose name I can't remember gone. Um, you know, anyone who was sort of the, you know, I guess the masterminds behind the whole sign stealing thing. Uh, the Astros cleaned house. This is this year's this Astros team is not that 27, 2017 team. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, some some of the players may still be around, but the the mentality of this team, the attitude of this team just seems a little bit different. Uh, their social media, I don't think I could necessarily say the same, but uh, mm. the team itself and, and the coaches, the players, everybody in the organization, it seems like the, the mentality um, of these these t- playoff teams has been has been different. Like they wanted to earn this the right way and earn it the yeah. right way they have. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think that's something that, I think that's something that kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. You know, people, oh, the Astros, cheaters, yada, yada, whatever. And I'm, I'll admit, I've done my fair share of Astros bashing, um, particularly this year. But, um, yeah, at the same time, you know, they, you know, they, I mean, they, 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 like I said, they, they cleaned house, um, after the, the fallout of, of 2017. And, whether you're a fan or not, I mean, they did earn, you know, they were they were one of the, if not the best team in baseball all season long. And they, you know, like it or not, you know, they they earned this um, this championship. Which leads us to the question, Carson, now that the Astros have won a a legit World Series championship. You know, they went out, they played hard, they worked their asses off, they earned it. Now that they've done that, uh, does this finally maybe put 
2017 in the rearview mirror? That's a hard question. Um, I think at this point for me, I'm ready to forgive, but I can't forget. So I'm ready. Mm. I guess I'm ready to put it behind us and acknowledge that, you know, but still acknowledging, hey, this happened. I can't just forget that this happened, Mm -mm. but I can still acknowledge that this team was different than that 2017 team and that they earned every second of this World Series victory. Yeah, I don't think I don't think any of us can I don't think we can ever nor and I I don't think we should ever uh forget what the 2017 Astros did obviously. But I also think maybe I don't know. Maybe it's time cuz cuz this this Astros team uh has gotten a lot of hate. Um, and caught a lot of flack uh, for for the sins of the 2017 team. You know, they were punished a lot by um, they were punished a lot by fans and and by you know, um, you know some of the some of the baseball pundits and and whatever. Um, but I think maybe it's time to. Maybe we've reached a point where it's time to stop punishing the this the current Astros for you know for what the 2017 team did. Yeah, I think I'm I I agree, I think I can agree with that. Um, you know the there is there is still kind of a core group of guys who were who were there in 2017 but there's there's also a good amount of guys who who weren't um also while we're kind of talking about players and everything like that uh shout out to Martin Maldonado who I believe uh, I saw the notification yesterday was playing in the World Series with like a broken wrist or something like that um nice so Huge shout out to Martin or bl- broken hand it was, but huge shout out to Martin Maldonado for that. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty epic. Um, yeah, I, I think. I mean, we mentioned yeah, there's still a few players, you know, Altuve, Bregman, Verlander, um, who were who were part of that, uh, who were part of the 2017 team, but. I think another important thing to remember, Carson, is, you know, not not all the players were on board with the sign stealing thing. Um, that kind of that kind of came from the top. Um, so I think to to portray it as, you know, oh, yeah, every single, you know, every single member of that team, including the ones who are on the current team or on board with the science sailing thing because they weren't. Yeah, that's, that's certainly true. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's still one of those things that it's, it's hard to, especially in the immediate aftermath of what happened where nobody really seemed to want to take accountability for it. Um, right. And in that regard, it was still kind of hard to, to uh get over but 
I think I think at this point I'm I'm ready to ready to move on, um, and you know give all my congratulations to uh, the Houston Astros. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm ready to move on, and I think I'm also ready to. Well, I mean, I I think this uh, this this puts to rest the you know all the talk about. Uh, you know, the Astros can't win, you know, without cheating. They can't win a legit title um, because they just did. Yeah, I mean, if you let me let me make this perfectly clear. If you look at the players on the Houston Astros and say to yourself that that team could not win a World Series, I don't know what to tell you. You're just flat out wrong. <laughs> Um, the the assemblage of talent on that team is guaranteed at one point to win a World Series. And heck, if they keep this same core, I don't see why they couldn't win another. This team is so incredibly talented. You've got Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Jeremy Pena, and that's not even getting into the pitching staff. That's all position guys. So this team is very much established to go on a dynasty-type run. Yeah, yeah, they definitely could. All right, I think we've uh, we've given the Astros their due. Um, let's let's talk about the Phillies. Uh, I know I know they're they're definitely uh, there's a somber mood in Philadelphia today. Um, but at the risk of sounding at the risk of sounding completely cliche, um, the Phillies don't have anything to hang their heads over. Uh, they made their first. They made their first playoff appearance since 2011. Uh, they won their first NL pennant since 2009, and they won 98 games. And Carson, they went the Phillies after starting after getting off to a pretty, you know, they got off to a pretty crappy start. Let's be honest. Uh, bad enough to get uh, then manager Joe Girardi fired, which you know turned out to be a good move, but nobody knew that at the time. Um, after getting off to a pretty crappy start, the Phillies went on one of the one of the best and one of the most impressive playoff runs uh, that I think I've seen in quite a while. Yeah, um, you know we talked about it all season. Uh, it's this this Phillies team's had the mentality of who who else is going to cheer for us but us. Um, Yep. And that's that's the right move to have if you if you make a long playoff run. That's the exact right move to have. Um, I mean this this Phillies team should be in contention for for years to come. Uh, you know you've got you've got a very solid core. Bryce Harper looks looks to be Bryce Harper again. Um, yep. And I mean that's that should be dangerous news for everybody in baseball. Um, I mean, Reese Hoskins has kind of come to life. Nick Castellanos, it remains to be seen if he'll be able to uh, replicate the Monstars taking of the talents going into the regular <laughs> season again, like he did in this postseason. Um, but you've, you've got a great core group of guys there. You've got a great pitching staff. Uh, you know, maybe maybe put a few tweaks into the bullpen, maybe make uh, a couple of signing, a couple more defensive signings. But I mean, this this Phillies team and the job that Dave Dombrowski has done building it, they they should be 
in contention for for quite a few years to come yet. Yeah, and I don't I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't really think uh I mean, yeah, I mean, I sure, you can always I mean, you can make the argument that a team can always get better. But I don't I don't see a ton of work that needs to be done with this Philly team and we'll we'll talk more about free agents uh here in a bit, but I don't see a whole lot of um I don't see a whole lot of, you know, there's not, a, there's how do how do I want to put this? I don't, I don't, I don't see any glaring, uh, I don't see any glaring holes uh, on the Phillies, Carson. Yeah, uh, there, there is no hole that is necessarily glaring at all. Um I mean, the, the team looks phenomenal. They, they look like, you know this this it was hard enough because let's let's remember everybody it's not like this Phillies team like was secure in their playoff position they were battling with mm. the brewers towards the end of the regular season and it looked like there yep. was a chance that this Phillies team wasn't even going to make the postseason and we had kind of talked about on the show like if the Phillies don't make the postseason what are they going to do because we didn't think we could think of any reason particularly why they were struggling as much as they were in the second half. And then to pull off a playoff run like this, where, um, you know, you, you fly through, you know, you beat the defending world champions in the NLDS, you go to the NLCS, you beat the Padres who ended up beating the Dodgers in their NLDS matchup. Thank God, by the Mm -hmm. way. Um, you know, you go to the World Series and you put up a great fight against a very formidable Astros team. Like, Philadelphia, it, it may have been a rough night for your city with becoming the first uh, city in history to lose two championship games in one night with the, mm. the Phillies losing the World Series and the Philadelphia Union losing the MLS Cup to LAFC. But hang mm. you know don't don't hang your heads climb those poles with pride because you still have <laughs> phenomenal teams in your city yeah and not to mention uh yeah i mean of course they they beat the defending world series champs they beat a, a really really good padre padres team but let's not forget they also beat a damn good cardinals team in the wild card round yeah, that absolutely cannot be understated. This Cardinals team, everybody thought was going to be on a kind of long playoff run. Um, and for the Phillies to yeah. come in and just say, nope, that's that's not happening. Good. Um, <laughs> is very, very impressive indeed. Yeah, it really was. Um, that might have been the... That might have been kind of the... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? That might have that might have kind of been the you know sort of the shocker of that uh, the big shocker of that you know of that first round um, was the Phillies just just you know was the Phillies uh, beating the Cardinals in two straight games? I mean that was just um, just so impressive. Um. Yeah, I mean, I know it sucks, Phillies fans. I know you guys are, you know, you're crying into your cheesesteaks this morning or this afternoon. But um, 
yeah, I mean this this Phillies team is they had a they had a hell of a year. Um, they have uh, they have money to spend. They have Dave Dombrowski. Uh, I it is a I I think I believe it is a safe bet to say um, that this Phillies team is going to be back and and even better next year, which is a scary thought for the rest of the National League. Yeah, as as well it should be. Yeah, I would not. Uh, I do not envy the rest. I don't envy the Mets and the Braves uh, in that National League East next year um, because I just don't. Well, one, I think the Phillies are going to be even better, and two, Carson, I don't see the Phillies getting off to a you know getting off to the lousy start like they did la- like they did this year. Yeah, I I think that um you know they're they're going to take this hopefully ride into the right into the off season. I wouldn't be surprised to to see the Phillies be the team that while not necessarily making that big free agency move, making making a few little moves that will make their team better. Um and then coming into the 2023 season lighting the world on fire. Yeah, ready to rock and roll for sure. Um, and hey, Philly, you know, keep you can keep your heads up. Uh, you know, at least you have the you have your undefeated Philadelphia Eagles uh, to cheer on for the rest of for the rest of this season. Um, who knows? You didn't get a World Series parade. Parade. You might get a Super Bowl parade. Who knows? Um, all right, let's take a break, uh, and then when we come back. We're gonna kind of put the put the bow, put the wraps on 2022. Talk about our favorite moments, um, you know, kind of our our biggest surprises, some disappointments, and and sort of our you know just kind of our final thoughts on the season. And then we are going to take a way, 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 way too early look at 2023. Talk about uh, some hot stuff, stuff, some free agents that are that are going to be on the market. Of course, you know, well one big name that everybody already knows, but some of the other ones to keep an eye on. And then, um, and then we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, You're listening to the eighth inning stretch and we'll be back right after this. The eighth inning stretch is proudly presented by printer dudes. Printer dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3d printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Hey everybody, welcome back into the 8th inning stretch. Uh, we're kind of, kind of... Put a wrap, put the tire bow, insert your favorite expression here on the 2022 season. Um, going to talk about some of our favorite moments, uh, biggest surprises and stuff like that, and kind of our final thoughts on the season. Uh, Carson, I don't know about you, but my, maybe a little biased, um, but my favorite moment uh, I think has to go to the Seattle Mariners and uh there and Cal Riley's walk off homer 
that finally at long last put an end to their playoff drought that dated back to 2001. Um, it was just a really, just a really, really cool moment for the Mariners and their fans uh, to finally get back to the playoffs after so long. And, and not only that, and, you know, despite the way their, despite the way their season ended, um, you know, just kind of, uh, Make Seattle a you know make Seattle a baseball town again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me it has to go to uh, Aaron Judge hitting sixty two mm. home runs. Um, mm-hmm. I mean just the just the pure the pure historical magnitude uh, of that moment and the fact that um, you know I got to see a record breaking uh, season by somebody that's not something that you you really get to see a whole lot and probably something that i don't know if we'll ever see again at least i won't think i will in my lifetime so um that was a really cool moment to be able to see see that unfold throughout the season yeah that was a cool moment um you know obviously happy for aaron judge you know he's a he's a hell of a ball player and a stand-up guy um not gonna lie, kind of wish we could have seen him challenge for the for the single season record uh, for the major league single season record, but I, I think that's definitely I think that's in the cards for him, um, some point in the next you know probably few seasons. Um, obviously, another one I think we obviously have to mention is Albert Pujols, uh, hitting his seven hundredth career homer. Um, it was just, it was just really cool to see him come back to St. Louis for his last year, finish his career as a Cardinal, finish you know as a Cardinal where he started, and not that I don't think his 700 would have been you know not not that I think anything could have taken away from 700 for him Carson, but I think 700 was probably even more special because he did it in a Cardinals uniform. And he hit the 700th homer at uh, Bush Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. The the place where he was probably the most beloved and um, obviously the place where he spent most of his career. Uh, the the yeah. place where he, he was basically, it was his home. Um, let's be honest, it was kind of the place that Albert Bujols built. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, also a really cool moment. It feels like AJ, there's just so many that we could, we could so sit many. here for yep. an hour and just talk yep. about all the great sure. moments from this past season. Yeah. Yeah. There were, it was, it was definitely a season full of them. Um, which I, I guess we could talk about our biggest surprises. Um, for me, the biggest surprise was the, or I mean, definitely one of the biggest surprises and one of the best also kind of doubling as one of the best stories of 2022 uh, was the Baltimore Orioles who, despite, you know, I mean, they, they trade Trey Mancini at the trade deadline. And, you know, I mean, obviously everybody thinks, you know, well, the Orioles are going to be the Orioles again, but Carson not only did they finish above 500 for the first time in, you know, probably forever, uh, they were right in the thick of that of that playoff race for that last wild card spot. 
they were right in the thick of that thing down to the, I mean, pretty much down to the wire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they like you said, they had traded away Trey Mancini. They had traded away uh, Jorge Lopez. And everybody was just kind of thinking, oh, boy, here we go. The, the Orioles are selling at the deadline. The Orioles are going to be the Orioles again. Um, but, yeah, they they stayed right in the thick of things in that AL East. Um, you know, the, the AL East, I suppose, obviously went to the Yankees after their incredible season. Uh, another great yeah. moment as well. Um, but you know, that wild card race, they were right in the thick of things, but for biggest surprise, um, for me, AJ, I'm not going to go necessarily with a team, but I'm going to go with a player, um, a guy mm-hmm. who we especially kind of focused on during the postseason. I'm going with Ha Seong Kim of the San nice. Diego Padres, um, was kind of thrown into a situation where, you know, he, he was the. He was the starting shortstop of the of the Padres for a little while because w- with uh, Fernando Tatis's injury, but everybody thought, oh, okay, he's going to be a serviceable guy. Then Tatis is going to come back. This team's going to get really good. They're going to compete in yeah. the NL West again. But um, then the performance-enhancing drugs thing happens. Tatis is out for the entire year and for the first few games of next season. So all of a sudden, Ha Seong Kim is a regular part of the Padres lineup. And he took the most of that opportunity um, was a huge contributor in the postseason, along with uh, Austin Nola and Trent Grisham, those seven, eight, nine hitters for the Padres who were so vital to them beating the Dodgers, um, yep. you know, really kind of stood, stood on his own and made a case for himself to be a regular starter going forward. So uh, shout out to Ha Seong Kim for, for putting in the work this season. Yeah, he really, he seriously showed out. Um, I mean, like you said, he was put into a, he was put into a damn near impossible situation. Um, you know, obviously with, with huge colossal shoes to fill, uh, taking over for, for Fernando Tatis Jr., who, you know, like you said, everybody thought, oh, well, you know, he'll he'll fill in until Tatis comes back from his injury. And then obviously Tatis got suspended. Um, I think, and I've said it before, uh, I think the Padres are going to move on from Fernando Tatis. Um, I just think there's too much, uh, there's too much kind of a, you know, there's too much kind of a bad taste in the Padres' mouth. Um after after the you know the suspension and everything i think the padres move on from fernando Tatis jr this winter carson and i think uh come spring training uh next spring um hasan kim is gonna uh establish himself as establish himself as the everyday shortstop for the padres yeah i think you could certainly certainly make that argument um, you know, he, he certainly proved, proved himself to be a starter at the very least, um, in not only the Padres organization, but in major league baseball. Um, so yeah, yeah, not much more can be, can be said. Yeah. He really showed out and, and, uh, seriously, uh, I mean, the dude can, the dude can definitely flash the leather at shortstop, um, 
which is, you know, obviously, you know, it's important that your shortstop can. Um, just an honorable mention is one of my favorite moments. And I know, I know, Carson, I know you're not going to like this, uh, but it was the Padres finally uh, slaying the dragon and getting past the Dodgers after, I mean, I mean, for the first time really ever. And after the Dodgers just absolutely ran away with that division and the Padres just kind of went, yeah, so whatever you won the division, you know, here, we're going to beat you in the NLDS. Yeah, cool. Congrats. You finally, you finally beat big brother for the first time in how many years? Congratulations. (laughs) Um, I just, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Um, my biggest disappointment, um, honestly, I think was the Chicago White Sox, um, which, you know, I'm sure you weren't exactly heartbroken over the fact that the White Sox just, you know, just, uh, at a, at a, just a, a really, really awful year after having a good year last year. Um, but I had... I had some pretty lofty expectations for the White Sox after the year they had in 2021. And, um, you know, between between injuries and, and players uh, struggling and, and obviously, um, you know, all the all the stuff with with health concerns and everything that Tony LaRusso went through, um, you know, it was just kind of a it was kind of a perfect, perfect storm of of bad luck. Uh, all around for the White Sox, but um, I really, I expected big things out of them this year, and and they just it just didn't happen. Uh, yeah, the the White Sox certainly uh, struggled this season, but um, ladies and gentlemen, it may come to no surprise of uh, regular listeners of this show that for me the biggest disappointment of the twenty twenty two Major League Baseball season is the Minnesota Twins. You better believe it. Um, this this team held down the American League Central for a majority of the season, most of the first half, uh, and then ended up choking it away and ended up not even making the playoffs, blame injuries, blame whatever you want. Um, at the end of the day, the next man up mentality apparently didn't exist for this team. And as a result, they are my biggest disappointment, and I could literally do my twins rant all over again. Um, but if you want to listen to it again, go back a few, go back to our episode where we had Gabby on, because that's where it is. Yeah, uh, twins rant 2.0. Um, you know, I would say my Red Sox were a disappointment, but honestly, they were about as bad as I expected them to be, um, because they completely. I mean, they completely overachieved in 2021. So um, another biggest surprise, Carson, I think we would be uh, – Carson's going to hate me because I keep going back to the AL Central. But seriously, how big of a surprise were the Cleveland Guardians? Uh, they debuted 16 rookies this year. They had a 7.5% chance of winning the division. And uh, – they came within one win of going to the ALCS. Yeah, the Guardians were really good. 
Terry Francona is one of the best managers we'll ever see. They debuted 16 rookies. You still lost to the Yankees, so at least you still have that in common with the Twins. Um, would you would you label um I was trying to think of, you know, some of the well, I mean we could talk about the I kind of already talked about the Dodgers. Um but I was thinking about, you know, the teams that, you know, won, you know, hundred games or whatever. Um the Mets, the Dodgers, uh the Yankees and I would even put the I'd even put the defending World Series champs, the Braves in there. Um, I think all I think all of those teams could be considered a disappointment for for 2022. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the Mets, you could say disappointment for choking away the NL East to the Braves, the Braves for not even getting past the the eventual NL champion Phillies um the the Yankees for after Aaron Judge having a historic season still can't beat the Astros and at this point the Astros are the fathers of the New York Yankees um yep so yeah i think i think all of those teams certainly could be labeled as biggest disappointments yeah yeah i think all of those I think their seasons, especially the Braves, I mean, as the defending champs and, and pretty much, you know, the Braves pretty much brought back their entire core from their World Series run in 2021 with, you know, of course, the obvious, obvious exception being Freddie Freeman um, and, and just couldn't, you know, I mean, credit to the Phillies, but um, let's see. Do we have any other... Any other favorite moments or, or surprises or, or disappointments that we can uh, we can think of? Uh, I mean, I think just the overall, uh, you know, Pujols and Molina both hanging them up at the same time. That's a pretty cool moment. Yeah, and they got a... Um... They got a, a heck of a send off, uh, I think, from the from the Cardinals. Um, obviously, well deserved. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we could. I mean, this was just a. This was a. It was a bit of a. It was obviously a bit of an. Um, it was obviously a bit of a, a unusual season. Uh, didn't get off to the best of starts with the, uh, with the you know the labor stoppage and the and all that all that fun stuff that um, you know delayed the start of spring training and delayed the start of the regular season and that's the reason that the World Series uh, uh, that's the, re- the reason the World Series stretched in, in into November um, for you know, only the second time ever. Um, but AJ, Carson, I, I think you, you, yes, we have breaking news and it's hot stove news. Uh-huh. What do we got? 
we are heading out to a team that we just labeled as the biggest one of the bigger disappointments in the New York Mets. They have re-signed Edwin Diaz to nice. a five-year, $102 million contract with an Oof. opt-out and a full no-trade clause plus a sixth-year option, according to ESPN's Jeff Passan. So the best wow. closer in baseball stays in New York. Sound the trumpets, Mets fans. That That is... That is a huge, that's a colossal move for the Mets. Um, and, oh, by the way, congrats to Edwin Diaz for getting himself paid, uh, which he earned every penny of. Um, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, your first hot stove. Uh, your first hot stove, new, hot stove news of the season. Uh, and you got it right here from us on the eighth inning stretch. Um, no, I mean, I, I was basically kind of, you know, where I kind of feel about the season is Carson. I think you'd probably agree is despite all the drama at the start of the season, um, you know, with the, with the labor stuff and uh, this, you know, the start of spring training and the start of season getting pushed back. And um, I think in spite of all of that, I think this is one heck of a season. And I think, um, You know, last year, you know, 2021, yeah, it was the first, it was, it was the first, you know, sort of back to normal, um, you know, it was the, it was the first full season uh, post COVID and, and yeah, it, it kind of, last year kind of felt like we were back to normal, but I think this year, 2022, was more of a okay. Baseball's really back. Things are really back to normal. Um, and damn, if we didn't ever get treated to one hell of a season. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a season full of underdogs and uh, unexpected moments and historic moments. Um, you know, this season had a little bit of something special for everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, regardless of what team you support, um, I know that for, for your two, uh, hosts here, both of our teams ended up not making the postseason this season, but, uh, man, what a wild ride of a season it was and a lot of fun along the way. Yeah, we really got traded to, I mean, we had. You know, we talked about Aaron Judge with the 62 homers. Um, we obviously got, you know, Albert Pujols and his 700, uh, 700 home run. We got Miguel Cabrera uh, with his 3,000th hit. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't remember a season in, in recent memory where there were so many milestones in one year. Yeah, it's... It's definitely been a milestone filled year, which is really, really cool. Yeah, and really unusual because you normally, you know, you're lucky if you get one uh, in a season. And I think the other thing that really stands out to me, I mean, you talked about the underdogs, you know, the Phillies, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, teams like the Mariners, who probably, you know, they didn't go as far as they wanted to, obviously, but um, and the Padres, 
Um, but I think the other thing that really stood out to me this year was uh, we got to see a lot of, yeah, it was kind of the year of, you know, with like with veteran guys like Pujols and Molina. Um, but we also got a lot of, we got a glimpse at a lot of really promising, exciting, up and coming young talent. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about Hassan Kim, uh, Jazz Chisholm down at the Marlins. Um, I mean, the, the list is, is pretty endless. And, and all of that, I think Carson really points to the fact that uh, the future of baseball is in good hands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got plenty of young guys who um, are going to help grow the game, like Julio Rodriguez. Jeremy Pena, yep. uh, Stephen Kwan, yep. among others, um, who are going to be able to help continue to grow the game. And, um, you know, it's – I don't remember, AJ, the last time we've seen this much fantastic young talent uh, spread mm-hmm. across the league, um, which is absolutely yep. awesome. Uh, Andres Jimenez, that's another one. Um, of course. You know, Carson's the president of the Andres Jimenez fan club. No, seriously though, there are there are multiple teams that have a lot of really young uh, that have a lot of young, promising uh, talent. A lot of young players who really showed out this year, um, and I think here for the next you know the next few years at least uh, that these guys are going to be the you know we're going to see. You know, because a lot of the, you know, the holes and the and and some in Molina and some of the other. Um, well, I mean, I want to call them old because let's be honest, they're not. I mean, they're only old in terms of baseball, but a lot of these a lot of these more experienced veteran players, Carson, are they're starting to step aside and we're going to start to see your Stephen Kwan's, your Julio Rodriguez, your Jazz Chisholm. Uh become the become the face of major league baseball and that's just that's just wicked exciting yeah it's the the bostonian in you came out there um yes it did (laughs) um yeah and i'm not even and i'm not even drunk (laughs) usually my my inner bostonian usually really I mean, it comes out occasionally, but it usually only really comes out uh, when I've had a few adult beverages. So, anyways. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, I mean, I don't think I could have said it any better than wicked exciting. Like, this this young crop of guys is going to lead baseball into, I think, potentially even a new era um, where mm-hmm. maybe we see a little bit more of these these guys who are young dynamos uh, who can hit, who can field, do just about everything. Um, so I think it's a really exciting time for baseball. Yeah, it really is. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hell of an exciting time to be a fan too. Um, all right. So that, that kind of puts a bow on 2022. Let's get a little bit into a way, 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 way too early, like a 2023. Um, let's talk about some teams to watch. I mean, we've kind of already 
uh, the Phillies, obviously the Padres, the Mariners, um, I think are going to make a, are going to make a big splash this winter. Um, I mean, obviously now the, now the Astros who will start 23 is the, uh, defending world series champs. Um, but I mean, we, we kind of, this Carson, this kind of plays off these, you know, we're talking about these teams with all this young talent. Um, I think the I think the Marlins uh, are a team to watch next year. I think the Guardians are going to be back, but maybe the team that I'm most excited to to keep an eye on as next year starts uh, a team just absolutely who has a uh, an embarrassment of riches in young talent uh, are the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, um, I think that that young core is going to be able to to continue to grow. Obviously, we saw a good glimpse of them this season. Uh, Alec Thomas, I think, is is potentially the biggest name. Uh, Dalton Varsho had a, had, for lack of a better word, a coming out party um, as far as showing showing all of baseball how good he can be. Um, I mean, this this is a team that that could be looking to finally uh, get out of the basement of the mm-hmm. uh, NL West. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the, I, I think the Diamondbacks could be, could definitely be a, a, a dark horse in that NL West um, next year. Uh, the other team, I think I'm the other team. I'm really excited to see how they bounce back after kind of a disappointing year. Um, are Carson or the San Francisco Giants, particularly because they'll have a, a new right fielder wearing number 99. Um, but I think that I think the Giants are another team in that NL West who, uh, I mean, let's be honest, they had a down year this year after having a really good 2021. Yeah, and I think I think after looking looking at this team, you know, not much really changed from last year's team, so. Um, I think you could potentially Mm-mm. say they overperformed in 2021. Uh, but yeah, the, the Giants, yeah. I, I fully expect uh, to be big time players in the free agency market. Uh, fully expect them to be in the running for Aaron Judge, but it's okay, Giants fans. He's going to go to the Dodgers instead. Sorry to break your hearts. Um, but yeah, they'll, they should be oh, in on God. just about every free agent uh, out there. Yeah. Um, other teams, other teams we're going to, other teams that are going to be interesting to watch. Um, who else, who else comes to mind? Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think Baltimore for me certainly comes to mind, uh, looking to see what they can, yeah. what they can do and how they can build off of, uh, their success from this season. Um, Yep, that's a solid pick. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I need to. I need to see what the LA Angels can do. Um, I'm going to mm. be watching them and watching them inevitably mm-hmm. break my heart again because that's all that this team seems to know how to do. Um, and then for for a third one, I'm going to put the Miami Marlins out there. Um, I'll be interested mm-hmm. to see uh, what they do now that they have uh, have their new manager. Um, and kind of yep. see what they'll be able to do as far as building a core officially 
uh, around Jazz Chisholm with Kim Ng kind of getting her her guy in Skip Schumacher to be their new uh, manager. Yeah, I think the the Marlins have the Marlins have two young superstars to build around. Uh, obviously, Jazz Chisholm, but uh, let's not forget about Sandy Alcantara. Of course, how could how could I forget about Sandy Alcantara, who is very much in a good position to potentially win the NL Cy Young? Yeah, yeah, the Marlins. Yeah, the Marlins are going to be fun to watch. The Orioles, that's a solid pick. Um, there was another. I was just thinking of another team, and now I I seem to have forgotten. Uh, yeah, I I forgot. Um, yeah, so those are those are kind of our teams to watch next year. Um, I mean, as far as the off season goes and free agency, Carson, I think uh, clearly the biggest name on the market is Aaron Judge. Um, a lot of a lot of speculation about where he might end up. Um, but I think the one thing that we can be, well, two things that we can be pretty sure of. One, uh, he's going to get a record-breaking contract, and he will have, he's earned every last penny of that. But two, uh, I think one thing that is fairly certain is Aaron Judge will not be a New York Yankee uh, in 2023. Yeah, sorry, Yankees fans, but um, I don't think he's coming back. Um, I don't know exactly where he will go. I have an idea of where I think he should go. Um, <clears throat> LA. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Dodgers, uh, Dodgers. I... <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't. Blah, I don't blah. think he'll be back. Uh, um, I think you know, obviously, like AJ said, by far the biggest name. Uh, on the market will be Aaron Judge, but you know there there are going to be other guys potentially to watch. Like Jacob Degrom is a free agent. Uh, Carlos Correa mm-hmm. uh, will head into free agency. As much as that absolutely breaks my poor little Minnesota heart, um, you know <laughs> Carlos Rodon, Jamie Martinez, Trey Turner. Like there are some big names. Xander Bogarts. There are some big names in this free agency class. Yeah, yeah, there really are. Um, yeah, I mean, the list of the list of free agents, I, I don't remember a more sort of stacked free agent crop. Um, I mean, you got Brandon Nimmo, uh, Mitch Hanniger, who hopefully the, the, um, the Mariners get their stuff together and get him resigned. Trey Mancini, uh, could hit the free agent market. Uh, Charlie Blackman, who I know a lot of people don't get a lot of chance to see him play uh, as he's a member of the Rockies, but um, yeah, this this free agent this free agent market is gonna be is gonna be insane. Um, and one one player, uh, I mean, obviously other than Aaron Judge. Um, but there's one player who I've been hearing a lot about and reading a lot about uh, who I think could really shake things up uh, in the Major League Baseball pitching market. 
um, is Japanese right-hander. I'm sorry. I apologize profusely. I'm probably going to butcher his name. Is Kodai Senga. Uh, this guy is... Uh, he plays in the in NPB, obviously, with the SoftBank Hawks. He's one of the best pitchers in Japan uh, for the better part of a decade. Um, he's got a career record of 103 wins and 51 losses with a career 2.43 ERA, a 1.10 whip, um, and 1,472 strikeouts. He's, all, I mean, almost 1,500 strikeouts. Uh, this past season... Uh, he went 10 and 6 with an even 2 ERA, a 1.02 whip, and 145 strikeouts in 135 innings. Um, he has an opt out in his contract following at the end of the 2022 season. Um, and he is expected to exercise that opt out to explore coming to play in Major League Baseball. Carson, this, this could be, this could be huge. This could be massive uh this winter yeah could be the uh could be the next big japanese signing um you know obviously yeah the the npb is the npb is obviously the closest in competition level i think to uh mlb that in the kbo but um yeah i mean this he looks he looks legit enough to be a game changer right away coming into the MLB. Um, so that bidding war will certainly be interesting to watch. Yeah. Cause I mean, we've obviously seen, you know, uh, we've seen Japanese players come over here and have, uh, sort of varying degrees of success. I mean, obviously Ichiro, uh, you know, and, and Shohei Otani, um, some players have come over and had a little bit more trouble, uh, you know, sort of transitioning their game to Major League Baseball. Uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka comes to mind, who had one phenomenal season with the Red Sox before kind of, you know, sort of flaming out. But, um, yeah, that that is one name that I will, uh, aside from, obviously, aside from Aaron Judge, that's the other, uh, that's the other name that I'll be keeping, that's the other player that I'll be keeping a really, really close eye on. Um, but I think it's safe to say that this free agent market is going to be absolutely nuts. Uh, there are so many, so, so many um, big names, you know, that are, are going to hit the market or could hit the market. Uh, Carson, we talked about Aaron Judge, and obviously, you know, we could debate all day where he's going to end up, <coughs> Giants. Um, but what's, what's one other... Because we could spend all day doing this, let's be honest. Um, who's one other of these big name free agents? Uh, and and you know, where do you think uh, you know one of the, that you think could end up um, could end up uh, somewhere somewhere sort of somewhere sort of interesting somewhere other than where they finished twenty twenty two. Um, that's, that's a good question. I think that one to watch, um, who I think is getting, he's getting talked about a fair amount, but maybe not as much as he should, because there is another player who is just as good, if not better 
uh, at his position that will also be a free agent. Um, but that's Trey Turner. Um, mm. I think that I think that he is. I think that the Dodgers are potentially planning life without him. Um, I believe mm. they're. I would not be surprised at all if they are going to be looking at Carlos Correa um, to mm. to see if they could potentially get him in. Uh, I would not be surprised to see Trey Turner actually become a San Francisco Giant uh, more than I would be surprised Ooh, to see Aaron Judge I like it. become a San Francisco Giant. I like it. That it that would be that is a solid move. Uh, that would be a great pickup for the Giants because. And hot take incoming, but I'm going to say it because I haven't shied away from hot takes all season long. I'm not going to start now. Um, I would put Trey Turner at the top of the list in terms of best shortstops available this winter. Whoa. Yeah, that's a hot take. I know. Especially in a sort in a shortstop free agent market that includes Carlos Correa, Zando Bogarts, probably. Um, I mean, to be to be clear, Bogarts still hasn't officially opted out of his contract with the Red Sox, but you got Trey Turner, you got Carlos Correa, you got Xander Bogarts, and you got Dansby Swanson. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just, I just feel like Turner is the best. Uh, is the best. Well, for one, Trey Turner had the best war uh, of any of those guys. Yeah, fair point. Um, so, and if you're going just purely based off of that, I guess. Yeah, fair point. I mean, I can't can't necessarily argue. It's a it's a great shortstop class though, all around. Fantastic top few guys. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, the other, the other one, the one that I'm, I mean, again, aside from Aaron judge, uh, and, and Senga from, from Japan, um, the other one, I'm really interested to see where he ends up Carson and see what, how this thing plays out, um, is Justin Verlander who, oh, by the way, has a player option for 2023. And I know, you know, yeah, he, you know, he finally won his first World Series game. He's got another, you know, he's got another ring. Um, I don't know that, I don't know that I see Verlander, I mean, I mean, I guess you could make the argument he would be crazy to leave Houston after just winning, you know, another World Series. But I gotta be honest, I, I don't know that I see... Uh, I don't know that I see him uh, coming back to Houston for another year. I don't know. I think I think there's a very real chance he could. It seems like he really likes the city, the the guys in the in the clubhouse. Um, and like you said, I don't know what would compel him to to leave other than potentially like financial purposes um, after just mm-hmm. winning a World Series, but. Hey Justin, um, if if you want to come make the Tigers look stupid again, uh, come come on over to the Twins, buddy. We'll we'll gladly have you. <laughs> well, could you? All right, let me let me throw out a hypothetical here. Justin Verlander decides that you know, hey, I've done all I can do in Houston. I've won two World Series. Uh, 
uh, and decides to exercise that player option and a la Albert Pujols decides, you know what? I'm going to, this is my last year. I'm going to, I mean, because he is 40, let's be honest, uh, and and has had injury concerns um, and decides, you know what? I like what I, he, he looked at Albert Pujols and he went, you know, that was pretty cool. I want to finish my career where it all started and and goes back to Detroit for his uh, his swan song. Cool, I guess. Um, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't really like it. Uh, well, no, as a as an a fan of a AL Central rival, probably not. No, but I mean that I could understand his his thinking behind that. I would I would I would respect it. Mm. I just, I don't know. I just, I think it would be a really cool move. Um, the other, I think the other free need, free agent pitcher uh, that we need to keep an eye on, Carson, is Clayton Kershaw, who, let's be honest, 35, had dealt with some injuries. Um, I... I would like to sit here and say, yeah, you know, the Dodgers, you know, the Dodgers hang on to him. But do we see a scenario where Clayton Kershaw uh, is pitching somewhere other than L.A. next year? Honestly, no, I just I don't you know? I don't see it. I mean, if he if he leaves the Dodgers, I may have an identity crisis. Um, <laughs> it, he's he's synonymous at this point with with Dodger baseball. Um, so True. it would just, it just yeah. be too weird. I think for me. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, he has pretty much become a, he's an institution in LA. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we could honestly, we could honestly sit here all day and do this. Cause there are so many big names on the market this winter, this hot stove, this winter is going to be absolutely, it's just going to be nuts. Um, a lot of. As I'm kind of perusing this list, Carson, I gotta be honest, there are a lot of players uh, who either have a uh, a club option, a player option, or some of them even have uh, a situation where there's a mutual option um, where they can opt out. And I think, call me crazy, but I think that's going to cause, that's just going to create absolute havoc uh on the free agent market this winter. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's, there's no doubt. There has, there can't be anybody's any doubt in anybody's mind that it will. I mean, that's, it's, it's going to be, it feels like after the first guys fall, there's just going to be a domino Mm -hmm. effect for literally everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, the first domino already has kind of with, you know, with the Mets resigning Edwin Diaz. So, yeah, I think you're right there. I think once one of, I think once the first of these guys uh, decides to opt out, um, yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a, uh, there's just going to be a, a flurry of of signings and, and whatnot. Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that Aaron Judge, uh, we're not. We're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna see Aaron Judge 
uh, a decision made by Aaron Judge until until later. Um, I don't think it's going to happen early in the in the offseason. I think it's going to happen um, sort of, you know, sort of closer to the beginning of spring training. No, if if he's smart, he should wait as long as humanly possible to to get literally every single offer he can in because, um, you yeah. know, if there's anybody who could potentially make the bidding market just go absolutely insane for a while, it's it's Aaron Judge. Like he's he's literally going to be the dude at the bar who like all the girls are swooning over. And, <laughs> and are just trying to are just trying to to go on a date with him like these this is going to be an absolutely crazy free agency period for Aaron Judge yeah he is going to be I think it's is a safe bet that as soon as as soon as teams are able to negotiate uh, and make offers with free agents. Aaron Judge is going to be absolutely inundated by offers, um, and I think, I think he's the most. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a hot take at all to say that Aaron Judge is going to be the most highly sought after, highly coveted free agent in the last. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe ever. Maybe. Very well could be. Uh, I mean, I, I was just trying to think about, you know, other free agents in the, in the past who have been, uh, you know, well, not even not even just free agents. I mean, just talking about players in general who have generated so much hype and who have been so highly sought after and highly coveted. Um Honestly, Carson, I think the, the last one that I can remember, the last player I can remember being so being so highly sought after and generating so much hype was was when Ichiro came to the Mariners. Yeah, I mean I think there have been I think I think Bryce Harper to the Phillies came with quite a bit of hype. Uh, yeah. I think that uh I think that Garrett Cole to the Yankees was pretty hyped up. That was big, yeah. Um, so I think I think there have certainly been big deals that have been been very much hyped up. But um, once this press conference happens, I wouldn't be surprised if the background is just all white from all the flash photography that's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, I mean, all, those all those guys are are obviously you know, but. Let's be honest, Aaron Judge, and well, actually, I just thought of another player who generated this much hype, and that, of course, was Shohei Otani. Mm. Um, I mean, those guys, those those two players are are once in a generation talents. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, especially Otani. I mean, not to take anything away from Aaron Judge, but Shohei Otani is, uh, yeah, he's he's a beast. Um, couple other sort of last minute things about, uh, looking ahead to 2023 spring in case anybody was wondering spring training, uh, starts on February 24th. So, you know, it actually starts on time this year. Opening day is March 30th. Um, and all, 
This is really cool, Carson. All 30 teams will be playing on opening day, uh, including some interleague games as we begin the first year with the new balanced schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very exciting time. Um, I cannot wait to see this new balanced schedule in action. I want to see more yep. National League teams coming, especially to Target Field. Um, I think it's good for, for not only the National League to come to the American League and the American League to go over to the National League. Um, you get exposed to stars on both sides of both sides of Major League Baseball, which is which can only be good for the game. Yeah. Um, the Major League Baseball having a balanced schedule is long overdue. Um, in case any of you guys missed it, basically what that means is every team will play every other team at least once, either home or away. Um, so us as fans get a chance to, like Carson said, to see um, to see teams and players that we, you know, we normally don't get to see or only get to see once every few years. So, yeah, no, I'm the the balance schedule might be the thing that I'm might be the thing that I'm most excited about um, in terms of, you know, stuff that is, uh, you know, rule changes and whatever that have been made. Obviously, we've talked about it ad nauseum, Carson, but the pitch clock uh, will be instituted starting next year. And finally, at long last, the defensive shift has been banned. Free at last, free at last. Thank God <laughs> almighty, we're free at last from the defensive shift. Um, yeah. to, to quote the, the late and phenomenally great Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King, but thank God. Thank God that the shift is gone. That's all. That's all I got to say there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, long overdue. The pitch clock. The pitch clock is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, it's already controversial, um, and it hasn't even been. You know, it hasn't even been. Uh, apologies, everybody. Podcastle decided to have fun with us for one last time this season. Um, no, we were talking about the pitch clock. Uh, I think, Carson, it's fair to say that we are going to get some, shall we say, uh, passionate reactions about the pitch clock. Yeah, I might even be among those. I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Um, I will need to see it in action, I guess, first, but I'm I'm yeah. willing to keep an open mind. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to wait, kind of a wait and see, uh, see how it plays out. Um, one thing I wish they would take away would be the stupid uh, the ghost runner in extra innings, but I think that's here for at least a little while. Um, and then, of course, the you know the big the uh, the midsummer classic, the All Star Game, uh, is July 11th in Seattle, and I may or may not be attending. I cannot confirm or deny that at this time. Um, you guys are just gonna have to stay tuned. Uh, over the winter to find out more about that. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is our way, 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 way too early look at 23. And also, sadly, the end of our season finale and the end of the season. Um, we've been saying it for a few episodes now that we're going to save our big sappy end of the season speeches for the last episode. Um, I thought I would have a, 
I thought I would have a long-winded, uh, sort of, you know, convoluted, long-winded speech. Um, but I really don't. Uh, it's more of a... Um, it's more of a, a, you know, this is, this, this has been, this has been an incredible experience. Um, you know, I started this thing, uh, way back in March, having no idea what I was doing, having no idea whether it would succeed or fail. Um, as it turns out, it's been a huge success. Uh, thanks in large in in huge huge part uh to my illustrious co-host carson uh yeah man couldn't have couldn't have done this without you well i uh very much appreciate that you got me a little bit choked up over here um but um yeah i guess for for my big big sap ah, i see we have lost my co-host um i'm still here Apologies, everybody. What? Uh, oh, I'm still hang here. Hang on, hang on, Hello? just one second. Hello, I'm still here. Hello. Oh no, I'm still here. Hello. Hello. Hello? Hello? Hello, hello. Uh, apologies, everybody. Apparently, uh, Podcastle decided it wanted to play one last trick on us before the end of the season. Um, so it decided to decided to boot Carson out of the recording studio. Um, so the end of this episode may be a little choppy. Apologies in advance for that. Um, I honestly thought I would I would have this big, long winded, convoluted, uh, overly sappy end of season speech. Um, but kind of you know now that I'm in the moment, uh, mostly just a. You know, mostly just a, a thank you to, uh, I mean, first and foremost, to my illustrious co-host with the most Carson. Um, I I started this podcast back in March, um, kind of on a, as a kind of on a spur of the moment thing, kind of on a whim, having no idea what I was doing, having never done a podcast before, having no idea whether it would succeed or fail. Um, but uh, Carson, thanks to you. Um, this has been a huge success. Well, that, that means a lot to me and I, I do appreciate that. You got me <laughs> choking up over here. Don't you bit. start um, because if you start, I, then I'll start. <laughs> but, um, I guess, I guess as for, um, as for me, as, as many of the longtime listeners of the show know, I, I joined the show back in, in episode four. Uh, my first episode with, was uh, alongside our first get ever guest mm. in uh, Jordan Leandre, and it was a whole lot of fun. Um, first and foremost, I think I have to thank uh, AJ for allowing me to come on this ride and 
Um, I feel very honored to have somebody who's not only a heck of a co-host, but uh, somebody I'm proud to to call a friend. Um, uh, also, I want to just send, obviously, a massive, massive thank you to all of you out there who have listened to the show for an episode, the the whole ride, a second, a minute, half an hour. Um, all of your support means so, so much to us. Um, this has been so much more fun than I could have ever possibly imagined. Um, and if if I can keep it a little bit bit real here, I uh, for a little while these past few years, it was I was kind of losing losing my love for the game of baseball. It was um, with with the Twins kind of being being a team that were weren't really serious contenders for for a few years. It was um, it was kind of hard for me to kind of fall back in love with with the game of baseball, but thanks to, uh, thanks to the show. Thanks to you guys, the fans, uh, to AJ, of course, like I've been able to really stink my teeth back into baseball and remember why this was the sport that I loved playing as a kid and why this was one of the sports that, um, I love so, so much and hold so dearly. So, um, thank you. Thank you to, to you guys, to AJ. Thank, thank you to all of our fans. Um, and obviously, you know, this may be the end of this season, but it's, it's not just a goodbye. It's, or it's not necessarily a goodbye. It's, it's just to see you later. Um, we, we may be, you know, we'll, we might pop in, in the winter every so often to give you some hot stove updates. Um, we'll have to see, see how that ends up happening or if that happens. But, um, but like AJ said, I think it's important for us to kind of recharge uh, get ready for next season. So don't don't forget about us. Uh, just because we're going away for a little bit here, we will be back. Your your two favorite baseball uh, gurus will be back. So keep us saved in your Spotify or in your Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us right now because we will be back. It's not a goodbye. It's just a yeah. Simulator. I think a um I think a hot stove special uh episode could be in order for sure. Um, you know, maybe as we get uh, closer to spring training. Um, yeah, you you guys have been the the outpouring of support um, that we've gotten as, you know, not being a, you know, as being an indie podcast, you know, not being sponsored by some, you know, some big corporation or part of some you know, are part of a, you know, a larger network of podcasts. Um, you know, I mean, it's whether you guys know this or not, I mean, it is, it's just us. Um, this is it. Uh, and so all the research, all the, all the, you know, social media stuff, all the, all the programming, everything it's, it's, this is us. Um, so it's it's a lot of work um it's a lot of work uh but it's been it's been worth every second um because you guys and you guys have made it worth every second with all the support you've given us whether you know following us on twitter uh participating in our poll questions um all of you who who participated who took part in the bracket challenge um uh, you know, like Carson said, if you've listened to five minutes of the show or five episodes, or if you've listened to every episode, um, 
well, apologies for the first couple episodes because they were awful. Um, <laughs> but in my defense, I had no clue what I was doing. Um, no, seriously, though. But Carson, maybe, maybe especially uh, a thanks to all of our fans who have uh, who have sent in uh, and been sent in questions and, and stuff to the mailbag. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the mailbag was was our favorite our favorite part of the show. Um, still is mine with buy or sell being it's kind of like it's the one B to yeah. my mailbag one A. Um, but yeah, you guys have been incredibly supportive through not only just listening but yeah. interacting with us um, through the mailbag, through the bracket challenge. Um, you know the the support from you guys and the, the way that you guys have been listening in has been absolutely incredible. And, um, like, like I think we both have said, this doesn't mm-hmm. happen without all of you. Uh, so hopefully you guys will so stick with us and get ready for season two, because you're going to get more of the same from us and potentially another twin <laughs> grant next year. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I have been, I've been absolutely blown away by the mailbag questions. Uh, Carson, I think you would agree with me. The amount of the mailbag questions have shown me one thing: one that our fans, you know, really enjoy interacting with us and 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 sort of being part of the show. But two, uh, we've got some damn smart fans out there. Our fans are genuinely, I think, the smartest in baseball. I don't in all sports, actually. I don't care. You can put all of your MLB now, <laughs> your your quick viewers. All of those guys that watch uh, Brian and Kenny and all of those guys talk about the advanced metrics, but nah, nah, these are these are where the true smartest baseball fans are at. It's all of you guys. Uh, and we just started a war with MLB Network. Nice. Um, bring it. Bring it. Uh, I will exclude uh, Mr. Kevin Millar and intentional talk from that because Kevin Millar is awesome. Um, no, I think, I think that's a good point though. And I think one thing, one thing we've tried to do all season long, uh, you know, I mean, it's even in our, it's, it's in our, you know, it's kind of sort of been become our unofficial, you know, tagline of sorts is this is not your average baseball show. You might not get all the fancy metrics and all the crazy numbers and all the stats and, and all the other, you know, whatever, but Carson, I think one thing we've really tried to do all season long is just bring our fans a, you know, the sort of uh, kind of unfiltered and unbiased uh, opinions and and uh, on baseball from just a couple of regular dudes, just a couple of average fans, you know, like like all our fans are. They're just average fans. Yeah, exactly. I like to think that we're almost a fan yeah. cast. Like it's a it's a podcast for for the fans of the game who who maybe are just kind of average baseball fans. Like we, you know, we'll we'll bring up the the statistics from time to time, but at the end of the day, our goal with this is to just, you know, make everybody love mm-hmm. the game as much as we do and to um to have just have fun listening to and talking about baseball. Yeah. 
Um, and that's why such a big part of our show is the fan interaction, because at the end of the day, this show mm-hmm. isn't just for us. It is guys. mostly yeah. for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I started this thing as a way to uh, share my love of baseball and my passion for baseball, because baseball is my favorite sport. Always has been, always will be um, to share that passion with, you know, as many other fans as I possibly could. And that's why, you know, that's why that was a big reason that I brought uh, Carson that, you know, I, I, you know, I brought you on board other than anyone else is because I saw that same. Uh, I saw that same sort of spark and that same sort of passion about baseball. And I thought, well, you know, this is. It's just the perfect fit. So, um, yeah, I mean, we could, we could, we could, we could take up the rest of your guys' days, uh, you know, talking about this stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you guys have been amazing with all your support. Um, like Carson said, don't forget about us over the winter. We'll still be active on Twitter. Uh, you know, probably still throw out the occasional poll question. Um, Make sure if you're not following us on Twitter already at Ethan Pod, make sure you do that. Make sure you click the uh, click the notification, click the little bell um, to make sure you get the latest um, because we all know how screwy Twitter's algorithm is. Um, make sure you do that. Uh, you know, we'll still be active there. Um don't be afraid to don't be afraid to in addition to following the show on Twitter, you know, give us a follow. Uh give us a follow on our personal Twitters. I'm at AJ Rattel. Uh Carson, you're at C what is it? C Babs eleven yeah, twenty. Um I was lucky enough to get my name as my Twitter handle. I still don't know why I pulled that off. Um I guess there's no other AJ Rattels on Twitter. Um, yeah, no, seriously, don't be afraid to follow us on our, on our own Twitters and interact with us there. Um, cause like you guys, we're going to be looking for ways to pass the boredom this winter, uh, with no baseball. Um, I think that's pretty much a wrap. Um, I don't know how many other ways we can say it, but thank you, uh, for all your support, for all your participation. Um, I hope you guys have, uh, I hope everybody has a, you know, a fun, happy, healthy winter. Um, you know, hope everybody has, uh, an awesome Thanksgiving and, and a great holiday season. I hope everybody gets a chance to, uh, you know, to spend time with their friends and family, uh, because this is, um, kind of the, kind of the first year in a couple of years that everything has been, you know, as normal as can be. Um, so uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to make the most of that. And um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys in the spring. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what I got. Uh Carson, any anything else before we uh, sign off for the last time? Um, I mean, just to reiterate again, we've said it a thousand <laughs> different times in a thousand different ways, but 
thank you guys all so much. This has been an unbelievable season. 55 episodes. Here's to another 55 in the spring. We will we will talk to you guys then. Stay safe, stay warm, and um, in enjoy the enjoy the winter. There's still plenty yeah. of sports going on, so uh, absorb the rest of the sports landscape. And we will see you guys in the uh, spring. Thank you guys all so much. Um, you've been amazing. And uh, oh, what am I thinking? I'm I'm just ready to I'm just ready to call it. I'm just ready to without. Oh my god! Um, well, I already mentioned the Twitter. Follow us on Eighth Inning Pod. Um, click the notification bell to get all the latest. Uh, you can obviously, as you probably all know by now, and you're probably sick of me, sick of hearing me say it. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcast by going to anchor.fm slash eighth inning stretch. Uh, and a huge, another one last huge shout out to our awesome, awesome, awesome sponsors at Printer Dudes. They've been a big part of the success of the show. Um, you can visit them at printerdudes.etsy.com and check out their awesome collection of 3D printed gifts and collectibles. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, and save 10% off your order at printerdudes.etsy.com, D-O-O-D-S. And I promise to the three of you who we announced earlier, uh, who finished sort of on the podium in our back challenge, uh, I will be getting your Printer Dudes promo codes to you soon so you can spend your virtual cash. Now we're done. Um... Thanks again, everybody. Have an awesome, awesome winter, and uh, we'll see you guys in the spring.